0: This podcast is brought to you by Men's Tea Clinic. Men's Tea Clinic is the team I trust with my total wellness optimization, and so should you. Five DFW locations with North Frisco, El Dorado Parkway at Dallas North Tollway now open. Call 972-GO-MEN'S-TEA or visit mensteaclinic.com.
1: Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Here we go. It's hour number two of the G Bag Nation here on your home of the Cowboys. And uh, we're talking football here now with Mike Golick Jr. He is a DraftKings NFL host, and he and his uh, daddy, Mike Golick, Sr., host a live daily studio show on the DraftKings Network, Gojo and Golick. They anchor the DraftKings Network uh, weekday mornings from 9 to 11, Texas time. As Gojo joins you now here in the nation. And a good afternoon, sir. How the heck are you?
0: I'm doing well. It's a shame that nothing is currently happening in NFL circles that would at all pique the interest of Dallas Cowboys fans.
1: Yeah, No doubt, man. You're going to have to add like a third hour to talk about all this stuff.
0: (laughs) Man, you're not kidding. It's it's so weird because usually this is the kind of stuff you pray for in the offseason. We know Black Monday, the end of the regular season usually comes with this, but in the same way that sort of the retirement of guys like Drew Brees and Peyton Manning and even Tom Brady much later, but that way it felt like a real changing of the guard. It kind of feels like we're doing that to some extent with some of the head coaching around the NFL right now with news about Pete Carroll, what we expect to come down the pipe potentially on Bill Belichick. A lot of the fixtures in our lifetime at certain institutions in the NFL, a lot of change in the air, man. It's a wild time.
1: How much of a, of a favorite do you think Dan Quinn is to get that Seattle job? That's what we're all wondering here right now.
0: Yeah, I got to imagine that's near the top of the list. It's sort of the same word association when Vrabel got fired that everyone in New England thought, given the background there. And for Seattle, I mean, what a coup would this would be? I don't know what drew this in Seattle, We're a couple of days removed, I feel like, from Pete Carroll coming out and saying that he still felt you know invigorated still felt like coaching that was something that is in his heart and now seeing him agree to this whatever conversation happens seemed to be amicable enough to where he agreed to stay on in some advisor role but it allows them to do what I think is the most valuable thing in sports which is be early rather than be late when it comes to the transition of power from a beloved figure and to have someone like Dan who is of that place who is still incredibly accomplished and you know at a high level right now as a coach and incredibly sought after seems like a perfect fit.
1: And, you know, I think on the other side of that, you know, for us, it's like, um, it's going to be hopefully a great playoff run, but looking to next year, if you would lose Dan Quinn, how difficult would he be to replace?
0: Well, I I think... Someone of Dan Quinn's caliber as a coach. Obviously, you see what he's meant, especially in the development of young guys, you know, Trevon Diggs in the back end, Micah Parsons on the front end. You've heard these guys talk about the importance of Dan Quinn and keeping him around as long as you have now. Every offseason's felt like a win. That being said, those same pieces that I mentioned are also a great sell to any prospective defensive coordinator on the other side who wouldn't want to come in as a hot name trying to make their way through the coaching ranks or even a veteran name right now as we see guys like Wink Martindale get on the market to come in and have the kind of pieces on the defense to play with that you've got in Dallas right now. So I think you're incredibly well positioned.
1: You know, everyone's linking DQ to to Seattle now, but if you were Dan Quinn, is that the place that you would want to go? If you had your pick of the litter, these open jobs, is Seattle the most attractive? Uh,
0: No, I would say not, but I would also say, I don't know for how many people Dan Quinn is going to be the number, like, this is a pretty robust offseason in terms of the coaching candidates, both in terms of, let's think about established head coaches, a guy, you know, like Dan Quinn, who obviously has some of that in his background, but the guys that are recently like go with Rabel, with the potential of Belichick being there, with the Jim Harbaugh potential of a guy making his return to the NFL, and then some of the coordinators that we know are going to be involved in this offseason, like Dan, Mike McDonald in the Baltimore Ravens, mm-hmm. Shane Steichen, uh, or not sorry, Shane Steichen, excuse me, uh, Bobby Slowick in the Texans, to try and go the Shane Steichen route. It's a competitive marketplace and a great opportunity for organizations with what all appear to be quality candidates. It's not like one of those off seasons where it feels like we're reaching a ton. So it could be that perfect middle ground of familiarity breeding enough comfort to say, let's do this without having to wade through too much of the rest of the marketplace. Even though you do the proper search, you vet all the candidates knowing full well that this could be the best opportunity for both parties because of that relationship.
1: You know, over the last couple of years, when this topic has come up, we would throw out the idea: Would you fire Mike McCarthy to keep Dan Quinn? And obviously, now that's not even a starting conversation, is it?
0: Well, I, I don't know. You guys tell me. Like, we—I heard the Jerry Jones quote from last week yeah. when he got asked about Mike McCarthy's future, and he said, "Well," and, and I understand. Like, this is like what Michigan fans are used to with Jim Harbaugh flirting yeah. with the NFL offseason every offseason. Dallas Cowboys fans, you guys, I have to imagine, are pretty used to Jerry saying the thing that will draw the most interest. And so when Jerry says, you know, we'll take it game by game in the postseason and see what happens as it pertains to Mike's future, I also take that with a grain of salt because I understand somewhat of the showman there. But it is still an interesting situation. You've got that mounting up. You've got a roster that seemed to be designed to kind of peak this year that's only still getting older up front in the offensive line in those key spots. And certainly from a quarterback standpoint, Still haven't figured out any change in the financials. Like, did something happen last time I checked? New no. rearranging all that money that's coming towards Dak Prescott next year. So there's a lot of stuff hanging in the balance with Dallas that doesn't make this seem like the most stable situation to me. Should things go wrong in the postseason?
1: It was. It's amazing how how Mike McCarthy doesn't get recognized. I guess as a, as an absolute definite good coach. Um, you know how things ended in Green Bay and then started with Dallas but I mean all he does is just like stack up double digit win seasons and at least in the regular season he's a hell of a coach what do you think of him uh, Gojo?
0: I'd agree and I had someone frame it to me like this that I thought was interesting because when Mike Vrabel got fired we were all pretty shocked because we looked at that tennessee roster and said that's been a lot of making chicken salad out of chicken you know what at Mm. times given the moves that were so bad they decided to fire john robinson last year admitting hey this is probably Mm. a personnel problem and even when you heard from ron carthen today he said i don't know how good you could expect this to be down the stretch with nine starters on ir and a rookie quarterback who is also now missing time being injured at the end of the year but I i likened mike vrabel to what we've seen from mike tomlin where yeah, he's not a guy that comes with a specific exo background on one side of the ball that's hot coordinator track, right? Like we see with the Shanahan-McVay guys work. you're a scheme guy. Bull, Mike Tomlin, they seem like true culture guys when you talk about their appeal, why so many organizations feel like they'd be lucky to have them. And someone brought up, why is Mike McCarthy not talked about in that same day? Now, obviously, Mike's back to calling the plays again. He's got a little bit more of an association with that side of the ball, but you're right as someone who has been around a lot of winning football, I do think he probably doesn't get enough of that credit, mostly because, quite honestly, of the way it was framed as him versus Aaron on the way out of Green Bay. And we've obviously seen the way that that's aged a little bit. I think all of us might look back on that relationship and wonder a little bit more of, hey, maybe Mike was keeping more together than we ever realized and probably deserves a little bit more credit for how things went there consistently over that relationship.
2: Hey, Mike, uh, Zach missed the game last week because of flu. Uh, I'm a little disappointed in Notre Dame now and the the toughness of the player. I noticed and you're wearing your three-quarter zip there right now. Uh, you know, what what about that? Yeah, Lineman, Notre Dame missing games because of flu? What, what do we need to reevaluate the toughness <laughs> of the Notre Dame player as we're going forward like a Joe Alt, you know, could be the best tackle, but do we have to think about flu now in the Notre Dame evaluation?
0: Yeah, you know what? I, I I didn't have that on the bingo card there for Zach. We're gonna have to get the try, you know, the tribunal together yeah. of you know him, Ronnie Stanley, Mike McGlinchey, Quentin Nelson, the NFL representatives for the yes. Golden Dome right now. Yes, and figure out where this falls. As I check up this morning, and I, I had go through my brain like death taxes and then seeing zach martin make another all pro team right i'm glad that in this chaotic world there Uh are a few things that i can count on as steadfast in my life and i know it was the NFLPA; it's the second year that they've done their version of the all pro team but i I, there was a nice tie at left guard that involved quentin nelson there was no debate at right guard and we kept that thing moving so uh i'll give zach the lifetime achievement in year 10 right now okay we'll give him flew off of this game all right understanding that he's going to come out this weekend and probably strap up everybody on the inside of that green. Bay. No, you're
2: absolutely right about that. You know, you talk about that list. Micah Parsons wasn't on that list. Does he, is it strange because players don't know where to put him? Is he an edge? Is he a linebacker? Is that why he doesn't appear on this list? Well, I, I think that's certainly
0: part of it is Maybe we're still at a point where people kind of see that hybrid role yeah. for him, but it's also just there's an embarrassment of riches right now at the edge in the NFL and the way you look at it. And, you know, we talked about the triumvirate a lot when it came to the defensive MVP or defensive player of the year voting right. him, Miles Garrett, TJ Watt. Like, there's really no wrong answers in there. And so it's one of those where it's going to look kind of funny in the light every once in a while, because based on how this is structured, we're going to have an odd man out every so often. I don't think anyone, especially if you pulled offensive tackles around the league would think any less, God forbid. And I, I want to go on record of this. Everyone wanted to talk about the brotherly shove and outlawing that and how this wasn't football. If you want to talk about outlawing that, I want to speak up for interior alignment. We need to outlaw putting guys like miles Garrett, and Micah Parsons over the center. Yeah. That shouldn't be allowed. When you <laughs> sign up to play center, you're doing that to escape the monsters on the perimeter. Even mm. if you ask Zach in an honest moment, I I bet he would say, man, I like being down here playing this guard spot, not having to deal with the guys that Tyron and those dudes do on the edge. Yeah. You shouldn't have to have that waltz into your dojo down in the middle of the offensive Ooh. line. So if you're going to ban the brotherly shove for t- being too violent, Ban bringing edge rushers over the center for being far too athletic. That's mean. Yeah, treat the center like the long snapper, man. Just give this guy a break for a second, okay? rush has <laughs> got a, rush, talking, got a lot going on here. Uh, you mentioned Jim Harbaugh earlier. Best guess, does he stay at Michigan or does he does he move on? Trying to game this out is difficult because yeah. I understand all this could be a leverage play to try and get the most amount of money out of a place that once forced this man not too long ago to take a pay cut. Like if Jim Harbaugh was really trying to wring every last dollar he could out of Michigan, now that he's given them the greatest thing they could ever want in that gift of a title, I wouldn't blame him. That being said, when I think about the Harbaugh's, we all saw the pieces done about the family, John and Jim, all that stuff, alpha competitors, like guys that want to go and perform at the highest level. And now that Jim has done this back at his alma mater, he's gone and he's given them that gift, the last thing on the bingo card for this dude is to try and get back to and win the Super Bowl this time. And I do think the way these guys are wired... He wants the competition of competing at the highest level of football. The professional football, the NFL, is the best thing that we have to offer in the sport. And so I wouldn't be stunned if he made the jump, especially now, because there are some enticing openings, especially we know the Chargers having a quarterback ready-made in there. For a guy in Jim Harbaugh, who we can say anything we want about the personality quirks, the guy is instant paddles on the chest for any organization he's walked into, get you up and running and get you competitive in a hurry faster than most coaches are capable.
2: But Michael, you worried about and we had this discussion yesterday about is his way of offense does you know it worked it with Colin Kaepernick and San Francisco. Does that work in today's football? Does that work in today's NFL with with his insistence of just going out and trying to run for three hundred yards in a game like he did the other night?
0: Yeah, I would be interested because I I think while there are parts of Jim that feel the same, I also think he's mellowed out a lot, I think, in his time. This is the longest tenure we've seen for him at any of these stops in Ann Arbor, unsurprisingly, being his alma mater. I would be interested to see what the adjustment is. That being said, he's walking back into the NFL, or would be, at a time where that's more on trend than it's been in a while when we look around at the way some of the offenses especially I mean look at the NFC the way Philadelphia won last year the way the 49ers have been winning yeah Yeah, it's got a complimentary pass game to it but it's built on a lot of multi-tight end ground based offensive line dominant attacks and in general that's something that's never going to go out of style if you've got a coach that can build the foundation like that I think the question for Jim has always been for a guy that got that quarterback whisperer moniker Never really translated outside of like one guy that, you know, we all know was a bit of a transcendent talent with Andrew. So if you're bringing him into a spot where that's taken care of, part of me worries a little bit less about that, especially if the right hire is made, which that's the one thing you could definitely point to at Michigan. He hired the right people. Like Sharon Moore, their offensive coordinator, the future head coach. Jesse Minner on the backside. We know got defense, you know, defensive uh, coach over there has a lot of NFL to his bag as another guy with a bright future. So I would look at that and say all of that seems to translate well if he were to make the jump.
1: Looks like Deion Sanders has the number one uh, transfer portal recruiting class. What's that get you at Colorado?
0: Uh, uh, you know what? I, I really don't know at this point. Year two of trying to do the experiment like that where I think I saw they only had five or six high school yep. commits. I just, I, just, I, I know we're limited sample size with all the portal stuff right now, so it's hard to draw any too far-reaching conclusions. But – In general, the way we've seen the best programs operate is you use that as something to supplement, not to full-on augment the way that you build your roster. And we've seen Alabama, Georgia, a lot of the big-time schools like that. Certainly Michigan has operated in that way, largely kept the core of that team intact. And then you know, for myself personally, hearing Marcus Freeman talk after the early signing period, this time around saying, make no mistake, we're we're making a splash in the portal, but we want to major in high school recruiting because – that's your bedrock in a day and age where roster attrition in college football without real contracts is going to be a constant. You've got to do everything you can to give yourself the best war chest of talent. And doing that through the portal seems like risky business, especially when right now the foundation of their football that we talked about is cracked along the offensive and defensive lines. They don't have enough quality up top for yeah. getting the depth that it takes to sustain and power five football. So I do have some worries about that as a strategy right now.
2: Mike, is uh, you know, I was I was talking to some people in scouting world about uh, the number of juniors potentially coming into the draft, and it seems like the number is way down. Is that because of the NIL money these kids are making money now and they want to stay in school and all that? Is that are we going to start to see those those numbers kind of dwindle from what they used to be in the past? I'm sure it'll make some more guys think twice because there used to be a lot of those juniors that would leap
0: way without looking and all of a sudden wind up as late-round guys, undrafted free agents. And there's any number of reasons for that. Like you know, I heard years ago about a guy who left early, went undrafted, and it's like, yeah, well, he had a kid on the way that he had to take care of, he didn't have the means otherwise, and so he had to start earning money now. Guys have real life stressors on them that are often factors in these decisions, in addition to pride and the normal things we think of. And so I'm sure the NIL money available can assuage some of those fears if you're a guy that's on the bubble and thinking about making a move out of necessity rather than out of the best possible interest of your professional future with the information that you have.
1: All right, Gojo. So Aaron Rodgers has lived rent-free in my Cowboy nightmares. He's no longer a Green Bay Packer. Thank goodness. Is this finally the time that the Cowboys slay the Packers in the postseason since the 90s?
0: I would lean yes, but man, Jordan Love ain't going to make it easy on anybody. Like, it seems like they did it again, uh, that Packers team. They need to, like, what Dallas has been able to do in offensive line evaluation and acquisition, the Green Bay Packers appeared to have done in quarterback. Now, the last two quarterbacks that have gone out there, one of them is espousing, you know, COVID anti-vax theories on a national show every day, and the other one was accused of welfare fraud. So (laughs) I'm hoping that Jordan can go out here and just be a little bit normal off the field for a while but as far as quarterback play he's inherited that gene where even in year one he looks so comfortable and has grown with the young core on that offense in a way that's really remarkable they spent so much of this year cycling through guys in different spots on that offensive line that's got some talented pieces and seem to have finally settled there we know the backfield had names that we knew but watching romeo dobbs and you know albeit christian watkins unfortunately hasn't been healthy for long enough there everyone's kind of grown with jordan who seems to have a real command of what Matt LaFleur is doing. So I still think Dallas is further down the line, much further maturity-wise with where this roster is at, and they'll be able to get him But Jordan Love is proving that the NFC North is by no means Detroit's division from here on out.
1: You're the man, Gojo. Thank you so much. We'll send everybody to watch you and your dad on DraftKings. Appreciate it, guys. Thanks. Cheers. Have a good one. There he goes, Mike Golick Jr. here with you once again on your Home of the Cowboys talking football. That's uh, it's a, it's a lot of fun. And, yeah. and thanks to those guys for setting them up now. I believe that is two weeks in a row. Yeah. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof?